hate school. I am Hellebore Carly. It's so funny that people thought that it's winter in LA and I wouldn't do a beanie and tank top combination. Everybody who's from LA knows that this is the fuckboy uniform du jour. And so I just had to do it for all my lovers and all my haters, all my supporters and all my detractors. It's just the way we do it out here. If it's raining, but I just worked out, I'm gonna come rock this G-dang pump with my mother flipping beanie on, okay? And yeah, a lot of people are looking at me going, oh, everybody wants to wear Carhartt until you have to do Carhartt shit. Well, I did a hard workout this morning. I did a circuit with Brendan and Chappelle. There were body weight rows involved. There were kettlebell swings involved. There was sled pushing. I think that pretty much emulates what you're gonna do on a farm anyway. You're pushing heavy machinery around and doing stuff like that and swinging cows up and down. All these things are basically mock blue collar activities. And so, yeah, I think I deserve the right to wear a Carhartt beanie today when it's raining out, when I have a little bit of a pump, a remnant of a pump in my body, just to show you guys, you know, when I get a little blood in these bad boys, watch out because I'm coming for your mama, your sister, your dog, and of course your kitty cat. All right. So I am legitimately excited, not just like fake. I want to sell you something excited because, oh boy, oh boy. Um, you know, I posted that saucy or not of Chris D'Elia, um, turns out he thought it was funny. That's really cool. And he posted it to his own account. Um, because of that, check it out. Uh, a guy named Greg Doucette, ever heard of him? One of the most uh, prominent fitness influence influencers in the game. He messaged me and said he thought it was funny. He commented on my post and on Chris's post. And if you don't know Greg, like maybe that's meaningless to you, but I sometimes forget how people uh, uh, you know, like the celebrities within the fitness world may or not, may or may not be people that you know, you know, at all. But to me, this guy's like just such a cool role model and voice in the fitness industry because he uh, has helped me personally a lot. And and I'm actually going to do a, a uh, for the Hella Chef Harley today, I'm going to do a recipe that I've used from him. And he's kind of like, one of the pioneers of these creative high protein recipes that allow you to stay lean year round if you follow this, his advice and his recipes and kind of, you know, implicitly encourages you to experiment and has encouraged me to experiment with doing these high protein foods that don't feel like traditional diets. So he's somebody who's a very accomplished bodybuilder. He's super transparent. And actually I, I discovered Greg, um, because he was putting like his cycles online. Like he was one of the first people that I, that I, you know, the first video I saw way back in, you know, well, a few years ago, but I know he uploaded it probably even further than that, um, where he was talking about like the drugs that he took to become an IFBB pro. And uh, <clears throat> it's sort of like so many pros never talked about it, or you'll find these like random videos from the 90s where their voices are blurred out because it was so taboo for so long that when people come around and are willing to be transparent and literally detail everything uh, that they took, uh, you know, to become a professional bodybuilder to get that pro card, uh, you know, it's sort of eye-opening. And I think that has encouraged other people to be more transparent about their own use and, uh, you know, give up this sort of stigma that people are going to discredit your work based on the fact that you take drugs or you take more than people expected. Cause yeah, it is a lot like to, to get enough to be, to be, get big enough to be an open bodybuilder. Uh, 
people will take shocking amounts of steroids. Like I was just uh, listening to some videos about Nasser uh, El Sombeidi, who is this, like, I think he placed as high as two in the Olympia next to Dorian Yates and arguably should have won, yada, yada. But he was like this, you know, the biggest bodybuilder out of the Middle East and Egypt specifically since Big Rami, the current Olympia champion. And he was taking, for example, right, if 150 milligrams a week is a maintenance dose of testosterone for TRT, this guy was starting with 5,000 milligrams of testosterone a week. In addition to maybe up to 30 units of HDH, in addition to, uh, I, I read 13 pills of Anadrol, which Anadrol comes in 50 milligrams, so that's like 650 milligrams a day of the most potent uh, oral steroid known to man. So just to give you this rough idea of you know the kinds of dosages that were known about in private, um, and people wouldn't, you know, speak about openly because it sounds so absurd. It is absurd. And, you know, this guy ends up dying uh, of multiple organ failure in his 40s, as bodybuilders tend to do if they don't ramp down at the right time, um, or even if they do and it's just too late. Uh, you know, so Greg Doucette seemingly has sort of led the charge and just going like, here's what I took. Here's what I'm on now. I don't have any reason to lie. And then it just makes you trust everything that comes out of their mouth. And it makes you, you know, when they are selling a product or a training program, it makes you trust what they say. So it was really cool. You know, I can't deny that it's cool to get quote unquote validation from those kinds of people because, you know, I do these videos in the style of a sincere natty or not. And so if, if uh, you get the joke, you know, it's, and it's funny to you as somebody who does them, that's really cool for me. And, um, you know, I'll do another uh, uh, maybe longer segment on Greg Doucette, but if you don't know him and you're listening to this, I highly recommend you look him up on Instagram and YouTube because he just he has some of the best content out there, and it's all unified by this uh, message. I think that's one of like positivity and acceptance, and you know, doing whatever you can do to get better. His catchphrase is uh, "harder than last time," and that's a general broad training principle that I think will allow uh, most people to progress to whatever they're doing, you know, whether that's a five minute walk, you know, if you go harder than last time and you do a six minute walk and then do harder, harder than last time, eventually you will get to where you want to go over some time frame. So, you know, training almost like completely boils down to that principle of a little harder than last time, right? So <laughs> that was cool. And just seeing people in the comments of this Chris D'Elia post, I actually wanted to maybe bring it up because it was hilarious to me uh, that some people will see that video that I did and not be in on the joke or not understand that I am joking. <laughs> Somebody saying there is no hope for us. <laughs> I feel like this guy is also a minotaur. That's funny. Um, uh, the real Kevin Nash, I guess he's a former pro wrestler, says, does that wig come in men's? Cool story, bro. And uh, <clears throat> what I replied to him actually was, hey, I finally found a dude with smaller calves than me. Thanks, bro. I appreciate you, which is true. Real Kevin Nash, you have the smallest calves of all time. Suck it, bro. Um, <clears throat> also, he's this old dude with gray hair. I thought gray haired dudes were supposed to stay together, my man. Not cool. <clears throat> um Ha, ha, ha. His hair is clearly not compatible with his face. <laughs> um, does he know they f filmed Lord of the Rings on your back? 
Uh, is that Ben Stiller in Dodgeball? Yes, it is. Um, <clears throat> why does his hair want to take me out on a date? Um, can't tell if he's trolling or not. I think this is pretty common sentiment. And then you get people arguing in the comments like, um, you know, going back and forth. And, uh, you know, I think that's cool. People like admit they're like, I don't know. You know, that's I think that's, you know, an effective satire, right? If you don't know what, exactly what's going on. Um, there are actual people out there who think this dude is for real. And I feel for them. <laughs> uh, it's actually scary. We share the planet with those people, man. Stay safe. That's how I feel sometimes too. Although I don't know, I guess if you don't, if you don't know the style of Natty or Knots and like how they're done, which I'm trying to emulate, then, you know, maybe you won't get it. But, uh, let's see. I'm trying to look for the negative ones. I don't want to just read a bunch of people like, you know, jerking me off. Um, I do want to see a bunch of people jerking me off, but not necessarily online. I want to do it in real life. Um, with all the, here's one, with all those things going over his head, no wonder his hair looks like that. And somebody else is like, I think you're missing it. <laughs> um, this guy obviously doesn't understand your humor at all. And then somebody else says, I think you're the one who's not getting the joke because this guy's clearly joking, you know. Um... Oh my God, 100% a Street Fighter character because Chris D'Elia said Street Fighter 2 lookalike. Um, meanwhile, this guy is obviously on steroids. So I responded, hashtag all natty, hashtag steroids are bad, hashtag creatine only. Okay. And then the final one is, I thought the ultimate warrior died. I'll take it. I'll take it, bro. Um, so when I have fun online like that, you know, and I'll set this up in contrast to the hater of the week uh, that I'm going to do, but like... There's so much fun to be had and so much positivity from, from stuff like that. It, I really just get a kick out of it and it brightens my day to like put out something creative, whether it's a sketch, whether it's a clip, and have people respond and argue and is this funny, is it not, is he serious, is it not. You know, I, that's so overwhelming and positive to me that I think the people who actually do try to come on and hate like legitimately – you know, they don't realize that like that's like 99% of my experience is stuff like that. And if you try to come at me and be like, you suck and you shouldn't be doing this. But like, you know, somebody like Chris D'Elia is like, haha, that was funny. Or Greg Doucette tells me it's funny. It's like, those are the people that I look up to and, you know, who are obviously infinitely better and more successful at what they do uh, than this person hating on me or me. And so, uh, you know, that opinion... And I don't mean to say, like, nobody else's opinion matters unless you're above me on some social hierarchy. But, you know, if I have to choose between one guy telling me I'm the worst of all time and one guy saying you're funny, well, you know, <laughs> there is some appeal to authority there as far as do you know what you're talking about with regards to fitness or comedy, right? If you don't, if that's not your world, well, yes, your opinion tends not to matter. And I just hope that that's a lesson for anybody else. Like, when somebody's hating on you, right? Look at the source. Do they know what the fuck they're talking about? Probably not. <laughs> um, and the last thing that I'm going to say is, you know, another positive message that I just wanted to, you know, these are the kind of people I correspond with, I guess. This guy, um, his Instagram handle is double underscore Goliath double underscore. He wrote me a message. Do you mind playing that? Or sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to, before you play that, I'm going to <clears throat> tell you what he wrote me because it was kind of heartwarming. Sometimes people do write me stuff on here and it's like, man, that's really cool to hear uh, 
and I guess you just don't know how you're touching people. And I'm not saying that just for me. I'm saying for anybody, anybody doing anything positive or trying to do something positive in the world, there are often people who like, you know, it'll reach them in some way. And he sent me a couple of videos, like the disappearing videos, and I'm not going to play those. It's also a private message. But he was basically like, I've had a really rough year. It's been a lot of stress during the pandemic. He has a wife. He has a, uh, a uh, kid with a disability. And so he just like sent me this video and was like, here I am, like it's been this stressful year, but like I just leveled up and, and got this, uh, you know, new better house, like, and I'm doing better financially and like I'm, I'm just in a better place compared to a year ago and wanted to express gratitude towards you for like, you know, uh, he's not giving me credit for that, I don't think. He's just going like, you were there and I listened to your podcast at certain times and that provided a little bit of something positive. That's kind of what I took from it. Um, and he said, again, thank you for everything you do and hope you know how much motivation, good laughs, and encouragement you give and share with us much love. And he's also a guy, right? So like you go, the type of person to do that is also the type of person to do this. And if you mind playing that clip. Yo, what's up, everybody? Don't know if you guys saw my post from last night, but I uh, got a box jacked out of my car when I was shipping. Chased this little tweaker dude up the street, got hemmed up in front of a car, laid on my side. I'm all bruised up. He got away. And I woke up this morning really pissed off and defeated. And went back to the same spot, hoping like, hopefully I could catch the dude. Um, but as I was wrapping up some boxes, this old black dude in the 70s came up and said, man, those are beautiful pieces. I was like, I don't smoke, but just have one of those around. It'd be really cool to look at. And I was like, thank you. That means a lot to me. I ship my stuff, go outside. He comes up to me, puts his hand on my shoulder and says, son, you're doing a really great job. And it tugged at my heart feelers. I was like, you got no idea how much that means to me. He's like, son, I do. He walks over to his car and I took a look at my car, this old marble I've had in here for a year that I love. Grabbed it, walked up to him and said, well, here's a cool piece for you to look at. And his appreciation smiled at the world to me. And even though I woke up this morning with anger in my heart, love prevailed, baby. So the lesson that I take from that or just like the vibe that I get is like, that's just a little story, right? Where he woke up pissed Somebody jacked, I guess he makes like uh, pipes, like handmade pipes, I think. <laughs> I, I could be wrong, but that's what I'm taking from, you know, looking at his page. So he has a small business. He, he, he crafts stuff that he sells and somebody took that away. Yeah, we got some like really cool stuff that he makes. So this is a creative person who uses his skills to make money as a business. Somebody took that from, and could you imagine like you, you know, you make something creative and, and somebody takes it from you and all of a sudden like all that, um, merchandise is gone, no money, you know, you're trying to follow this guy, whatever, and how pissed you'd be from that. But instead of dwelling in that, you know, he was open-minded enough to like listen to somebody coming up and, and bringing positivity towards him and saying, hey man, those are really beautiful pieces and like, you know, like, I don't know, another person in this scenario could be like, fuck off, man, I don't need to hear it right now. Like, I'm pissed, you know, I'm going to choose to dwell in this anger and this frustration over somebody taking my shit and running off with it, right? But he seemingly was open to that positive energy, took the compliment, turned around, uh, gave this guy a piece, um, and the guy's appreciation for that really made his day and further turned around this negative scenario for him and allowed him to let go of this anger. And I just think that's such a great little microcosm of like, you know, how people should attempt to be resilient. That shit will happen and it's, it's you know, 
not necessarily about going and finding that guy and getting it back. Like, sure, that'd be great too. But like, you can turn around that negative energy by you lost something. You can actually get rid of that feeling by giving something to somebody who you don't even know, a stranger. So when I hear positive words from people like that, I go, yeah, those are the kind of people who are my fans. Positive, uh, emotionally intelligent, mature people who understand uh, how rewarding it is to give to people and how worthless and petty and destructive it is to sit in anger. So I guess that's the lesson for today, you know. Don't be a dick, be nice, and guess what? Your life's gonna get better. Crazy thought, huh? Boy, oh boy, I'm excited today to bring every one of you a brand new segment called Hellamark Harley's Jim Bro Hall of Fame. And the inaugural inductee is Derek for more plates, more dates. Maybe you know about him, maybe you don't, but uh, he is a hero to many meatheads in the Jim Bro community across the world. What might you know Derek from more plates, more dates from? Well, if you're into the pharmacology of anabolics, you might know about him. If you're into the science of hair loss, you might know about him. He's even done videos on penis enlargement, which are very fascinating and scientific uh, and sort of remarkably interesting for something that I think we're normally accustomed to seeing like, you know, in the back of a Maxim magazine in the 90s, like take these penis pills and watch your dick grow. He actually does videos about like experimenting with actual penis enlargement techniques on himself. And I urge you to check them out. Um, but that's just a tiny fraction. Uh, that's just a tiny penis of what he does. Um, <laughs> that's a, a micro penis of what he does. Um, and for the most part, he is doing, uh, you know, stuff that it's, it's catered to a male audience. But I think anybody would find this interesting because, um, you know, he's a guy who I think the theme of what I want to do with the Jimbro Hall of Fame is guys who can look like Derek, right, with the massive delts and the striated chest and is uh, not a competitive bodybuilder, but obviously the proof is in the pudding that this guy knows how to build up his body and get really lean and is also open about his trial and error in the past doing that sort of thing. You know, he talks about like getting really fat, doing like, you know, DECA and D-ball and getting up to like 270 pounds and sort of dirty bulking and, and all the way to like, you see some of these pictures where he's super lean and has, you know, phenomenal muscular development and really small waist and ripped abs and all that stuff. So he knows what he's doing. I think he's less focused on bodybuilding now, but like, because there's this stereotype obviously that like, you know, Jim bros are all stupid meatheads. I love seeing guys who break that mold. And this guy is like a self-taught chemist. He studied marketing in school and then afterwards got into, you know, there's so much available online now that you can learn about any specific subject you want, really, if you're curious enough. And so he, in particular, uh, started studying the pharmacology of anabolic steroids. And it is so goddamn informative when you watch his videos, like I, I have learned so much about just beyond the basics of like what doses should you do, what do these drugs vaguely do, you know, like as far as a result to like understanding on the molecular level what's happening, you know, what, 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 how actually is hair loss being caused, you know, how testosterone converts into DHT via, you know, uh, the uh, five alpha reductase and how finasteride blocks that conversion. That's all stuff that 
I learned from him. I learned so much about the things that I put in my body and what effect they're actually having on me at a cellular and chemical level because of Derek. And he's one of these guys that, you know, he's not trying to be flashy and what's up guys, brand new video and slick editing. He just talks to the camera. He's got like, uh, you know, the famous like sauna background behind him and it's just no production value, but you know, his voice is clear and he's speaking to the camera and he just talks extemporaneously on these subjects in such a clear, uh, you know, precise manner. I think that's something I really appreciate is, you know, he, he will not <laughs> make a mistake when he's talking and he goes out of his way to be hyper accurate. So you may not understand what he's saying, but it's going to be accurate. I'll have to look up various uh, words that he uses. Um, and that's okay. You know, I don't mind because I feel like I'm learning every time, you know, uh, I, I get a, a super, super physiological dose of, uh, information when I'm listening to Derek. <clears throat> so he's the first inductee. I urge you to check him out. And probably a lot of you have found out about him this week because he was on Joe Rogan. So that's kind of like, you know, the pinnacle for a gym bro is to go on the Joe Rogan experience. And uh, he announced it the same day that the episode dropped and they talked about all these different subjects. And it's just super interesting to kind of like hear you know, from a guy who, again, it shows that you can do a both. You can be a muscle-bound dude who works out and really, you know, maximizes their genetic potential as far as physical appearance. And you can also be somebody who's, who, who with that same body, who's really into science and, you know, incredibly intelligent. And he even changed my mind, I guess, recently about uh, the John Jones thing. is something I wanted to talk about because I had always assumed, like, if you're familiar with this, John Jones popped for Terinabal and they let him fight in the UFC and he's just had this history, um, you know, with popping for drugs but never admitting it. And so obviously it's a whole saga and he's gotten into trouble in other ways in the UFC too. Listening to his segment on Joe Rogan where they actually talk about that, I can say is something that changed my mind. John Jones had claimed that the Terinabal that was found in his system uh, I believe it was before the Alexander Gustafson uh, part two fight that had to be moved from Nevada to, to L.A. because it couldn't get sanctioned because John Jones had just tested for a minuscule amount of Terinabal in his system. Derek, I had bought that excuse. It's like, oh, well, it must have been tainted because the amount was so small that, you know, it pops up in this pulsing nature that um, indicates maybe he wasn't taking a full dose or whatever. Derek breaks that down in such an eloquent and persuasive way to say like, okay, the pulsing thing, first of all, we've established that, you know, something like Clomid can pulse, but we've never established that Terinabal pulses in your system. When you look at, um, you know, his test levels before he fought Daniel Cormier over time and you have, um, you know, multiple data points to show his testosterone is totally in the toilet, um, which would, and there would be almost no other explanation for how low his test levels other than he has some sort of exogenous outside anabolic or androgen in his body um, suppressing his own testosterone. Joe Rogan goes, what would be the other explanation? He's like, that he was castrated, that he didn't have any nuts because that level in his urinary testosterone is in single digits when it should be, you know, like around 60. So, it's almost like there's no activity from the balls whatsoever. And it's like adrenal, uh, <clears throat> you know, testosterone production only like a woman has. So um, 
his theory, I think, the active theory is that he um, was taking something else that's undetectable. And because you're getting these from underground labs that don't have, you know, the pharmaceutical grade, like cleanliness, um, <clears throat> other things can get contaminated in that. So the idea is he's taking a larger dose of something else. It's like a designer steroid that he got from an underground lab that's designed to be not detected and turinabol was tainted in there. So he's continually taking this and that's why it's pulsing because you have these tiny amounts coming out um, from a tainted steroid that he has that he just thought would be undetectable. That in addition to the fact that he's had all these brushes with the law that he's popped for clomiphene, which is a selective estrogen receptor modifier designed uh, you know, to kickstart your own nuts basically after a cycle, and also uh, an aromatase inhibitor, letrozole, which prevents the conversion of testosterone to estrogen to make sure you don't get gyno, for example. He had these two things in his body at the same time. It just indicates, you know, this pattern of, hmm, like you say you're not on steroids, but you seem to be testing for steroids and also testing for things that people use to recover from steroids. And also your testosterone is so low that there's no explanation for it other than you're a woman secretly. So, just using that as an example of like, I'm open to people changing my mind on stuff like that when it's coming from an expert who knows what the fuck he's talking about. And if you're not an expert, if you're just a, a dumb gym bro, don't come at me. Don't try to tell me what John Jones did or didn't take if you're just some dummy who's doing roids himself and thinks he knows everything about the juice. You don't go to Derek, get the plates, get the dates and see if that works out, okay? Because I guarantee you, the math equation here, more plates equals more dates. It's tried. It's true. Believe it. Okay, so for this week's, this is why we can't have nice gyms. I have a couple clips here that to me represent a general theme of like, you're doing too much in the gym and whatever you think you're doing, it's just a distraction and a way to show off. And it's totally pointless at the end of the day because you could accomplish that at home or somewhere else, or the gym just isn't the place for this excess. And it's either distracting or, you know, bothering or interfering with other people, you know, at best. So let's play this clip right here, which is a dude on a Smith machine. Looks like it's loaded up with four to five plates on each side. And then he's got five plates hanging from his nuts, right? Not his nuts, but like in between his legs uh, from a weight belt. And I guess the guy behind him is like, spotting him out of concern that he's going to die because it's this old dude who's, uh, you know, he just doesn't look like he could even wrap the five plates uh, on his own. And he's got like, he's got plates on top of a, uh, like one of these little step up things. It doesn't make any sense. Cause it's like, I thought at first he had like plate stacks so that the weights in between his legs could go lower, but even that's not the case. It's like, okay, but then that's outweighed by the fact you're stepping up onto this thing. None of it makes any sense, but then he's mad at the guy for being behind him, right? So it's like, okay, you're loaded up with, you know, what would that be? Like potentially uh, like 650 pounds, you know, roughly, if it's like five plates between your legs and five plates on each side. You can't do that. Are you kidding me? Like this guy's obviously not capable of doing that. And if you wanted to do that, why aren't you doing it in the regular squat rack? You know, if you have some sort of mobility deficiency or some injury that's causing you to squat in the Smith machine, cool. But you don't need uh, 15 plates on top of that because otherwise you're strong enough to just do a free weight squat. So it's one of these things where I forget if I showed you that wall sit video, but like, you know, people will do like these wall sits with 20 plates on their lap. It's like, why not just do a squat? 
You know, why not just do the basic form of the exercise with, you know, one-tenth of the weight and actually use a full range of motion and go down? But then I just love the part where he freaks out at the guy because it's like, you know, I just feel like that's always an indicator of, like, you know you kind of, you know something's wrong in your own head and, like, you're ashamed of something or embarrassed or whatever or it's like an acknowledgement on some level that you shouldn't be doing this when you get mad at other people. I remember I was working at the YMCA as a kid like an 18-year-old, I used to work as like a fitness trainer at the Y. And this one guy would come in every week and like do reps of 205 on the bench, but it was like the most atrocious form of all time. Like he would like slam it off his chest and it would be super uneven and he would like barely get the reps. He'd do like five and it was like just the absolute most struggle fest reps you've ever seen. Like the biggest discrepancy in like one side to the next, like where it's just like the bar is almost at like a 45 degree angle. And my boss one time was like, hey, go watch that guy. Like, and I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to like spot him, but I was basically being forced to. And so like, I go up to the bar just to like be there and like spot him in case it fell on his fucking neck. And the guy gets under the bar, he like gets ready to go do it. And he goes, I can't, I can't, I just, I, I fucking can't, I can't do it, I can't do it. And it's like getting mad at me for like being there to spot him. And it just reminded me of that. Cause it's like, hey bro, like you're the one who looks like you're about to die in the gym. I'm just trying to help you out. If you want to die, sure, go for it. And if he does, he does. <laughs> so the next clip we have <laughs> this dude at the at my gym be bugging. He's like, uh, rolling on the uh, dumbbells there, which is impressive, but it's like one of these things where you go, why are you doing this here? Like buy a dumbbell and do it at your house. You're you're distracting everyone. You're basically just showing off at this point. And I hate people who just, just go to the gym to show off. Like he's like break dancing and hopping on the dumbbells and jumping off. You know that's not how you're supposed to use the dumbbells, but you're still doing it. You know you could fall on your neck and it's a liability for the gym, but you're still doing it. You know that you're not, they're actually trying to get a workout because if you wanted to do like, you know, body weight calisthenic stuff where you're doing like a body weight, uh, you know, handstand push up, you could buy the little uh, parallel bars and do that or just like place two dumbbells flat on the ground and do it. Um, there's no need to do this. And it also doesn't replicate any sort of real world scenario where you'd have to like do a handstand on something that's also moving. So, I just have this disdain for people who just come to the gym and put themselves and other people in danger for the sake of like doing something cool, you know? If you wanna do that, come to Zoo Culture. That's the only gym where you can come and actually do goofy shit for the sake of content, and it's cool. But at the LA Fitness, it's just like, dude, go home. Your rights to work out at LA Fitness have been revoked, and that is a really high bar, you know? For that to happen, you know you gotta be fucking up real bad. Okay, so for this week's Hella Chef Harley, for the first time, I'm using somebody else's recipe, which I'll do more of in the future because I don't have unlimited recipes, but I do find things online that I want to share with you. This week, in honor of Greg Doucette telling me that he liked my video, I want to share a recipe that is one of his most famous ones and one that I've used in the past couple of years that I found to be fantastic and really opened my mind about you know, the kinds of things that can be high protein and healthy and filling and that taste like other things that you really like in your life. It's called anabolic French toast. So basically the idea is, you know, you can find his, the recipe video online. If you Google Greg Doucette, anabolic French toast, he walks you through exactly how to make it. In practice, what it ends up being is basic white bread or any bread that you like, but white bread, 
is just like really absorbent, you know, so that works better if you get like a high protein bread, which you can, it just, it's, it's much harder to soak up the egg whites and maybe you have to leave it overnight. So basically you take a carton of egg whites, you empty it, you know, into a Tupperware container and you then put in cinnamon and some vanilla extract or imitation, vanilla extract's really expensive, so just use the imitation vanilla, right? And Splenda, right? A shit ton of Splenda to make it sweet and make it really tasty, and that's like, could be 10 packets, could be um, you know as much as you want. If you don't want it sweet, you don't have to put it in there, but the egg whites, the, uh, the vanilla extract, the Splenda, and the cinnamon will make a fantastic batter in which you can put in these pieces of French toast and uh, you know soak it up really easy and then put it on the pan. Use a nonstick butter spray, put it on the pan, brown it up on each side, flip it over, cook it just like normal French toast, um, you know, a couple uh, minutes on each side and you'll be able to tell. And it's actually like when it soaks up the egg whites, it does get like, it'll puff up, it'll get really like, like each piece ends up, you know, being pretty substantial. So, uh, once you cook it, you can actually make a lot of these and like put them in the refrigerator. So it's a really cool recipe to have. Like if you do one big cooking day, as far as meal prep, these are easy to make. You know, you can make 20 of them in the course of like 15, 20 minutes. And then you put them away in a container and all you have to do is microwave them for like less than a minute for the rest of the day and, or for the, for the rest of the week. And it provides a really good high protein breakfast for you. What you want to put on top of that, instead of say like whipped cream, right? You put Greek yogurt. So if you put like half a cup of Greek yogurt on there, well, guess what? That's another 10 grams of protein and it's also really filling. Then you can put some fruit in there. Like I'll, you, you can customize it, uh, you know, whatever you want. But I like Greek yogurt and like strawberries and blueberries, for example. You can also put uh, sugar-free syrup. There's some really good sugar-free syrups online. I think it's like Walden Farms that, that he uses, but just go to the store, go to Ralph's, get these sugar-free syrups that are like 10 calories per a couple tablespoons. You don't need that much, and it just provides you with that same sort of consistency and texture that you like from normal syrup, except it's not loaded down with calories. So, I have a big appetite, as you know, and I can eat a shit ton. If you have like three of these pieces of French toast or four, like you will be full and you'll get like 60 grams of protein, uh, you know, depending on exactly how much egg whites you can use. But if you pour in like a carton and you soak it all up, then you can measure it based on that and measure the carbs, you know. But a piece of bread's like 15 grams of carbohydrates, right? So you could have this breakfast, it's like 60 grams of protein, 60 grams of carbs, a little more protein with the Greek yogurt, a little more uh, carbs if you add in fruit, but it's just going to be something that's extremely filling and again, scratches that itch. If you really like French toast and you feel like, oh, I have to cut out all my favorite breakfast foods and only eat egg whites and oatmeal or whatever uh, for breakfast, you don't have to do that, right? So go to Greg Doucette's page, check out that recipe. Buy his freaking cookbook. That's how he sounds when he's pitching his cookbook, but it is like, it's like 150 bucks or something like that. Maybe one of the best investments you can make if you struggle with eating and finding foods that taste delicious and also fill you up and are high protein. He has hundreds of super creative recipes that allow him to eat in a way that doesn't drive him insane and uh, stay at, you know, 6% body fat year round. Um, and you know has all sorts of things desserts pizzas all everything that you can 
you know, think of, he has a high protein and also non-meat, you know, like a vegetarian or vegan uh, option for two. So it's really good. Check it out. Buy his freaking cookbook and uh, let me know how it goes. Submit your pictures of the anabolic French toast to my Instagram and I will shout you out. Okay, so for this week's hater of the week, as I alluded to before, um, you know, I have people who will, who will validate my experience and my efforts in what I'm trying to do with this podcast, and it feels good, and that means a lot to me to have people like Chris or Greg Doucette or even, you know, when Brendan, uh, uh, who's exec producing this, tells me he thinks he's I'm doing a good job and, and he likes where the show's going, that means a lot to me. What doesn't mean a lot to me that people think means a lot to me is the haters who come to my show and try to have these various criticisms that to this day, there hasn't actually been a single criticism that any of my haters have launched against anything specific that I've said. They haven't said like, no, I'm open to being wrong, but it's not like your recipes suck. Uh, this training advice is bad. Um, this thing that you're doing is wrong in some way. I don't know if they listen or not. I mean, they show up and either you're listening every week and then telling me it sucks, which is like sort of, um, ooh, yeah, I guess you're watching something for an hour every week that you don't like, or you're not watching it and still shitting on it, which is like says more about your psychology than anything that you feel the need to say something's bad even though you haven't watched it, right? Does that like, ooh. So I'll always, I don't check the subreddit uh, for the fighter and the kid, but I'll always know when something's posted on there because I'll get like the same comment 15 times in a row on like, you know, it's like, oh, I guess it's like my views aren't high enough this week <laughs> um, for, you know, somebody posted whatever on, on separate. It's like they're getting a directive, right? So like little lemmings, they come to my page and will all regurgitate the same comment, you know, which you don't realize it's like if you if it was original or valid in some way, or came from somebody who's like, you know, runs a successful YouTube page, maybe that'll land, you know? Like if if uh, <laughs> Brendan came and he's like, yo bro, your views suck. Um, <clears throat> I'd be like, ow, oh, that hurts, you know? Like, Or he was like, ah, at this stage of the game, I was getting way more views than you and you're fucking up super bad. It would be like, all right, that's a valid criticism coming from somebody who has been there and done that and is telling me I need to improve. But of course, you know, the premise with all these haters is, they're all <laughs> hypocrites lacking in any sort of self-awareness. So most of them are posting from anonymous profiles with like, you know, zero followers, zero posts, whatever, but like three or four or five of them like had profiles, like, you know, this American dream podcast was like, your views suck. Oh my God. You do, nobody watches your show. And then I go to them like, but you're doing a podcast that has like 70 views and you've like been posting for like three years, you know? And I think that dude, challenged me to like a podcast off. He's like, let's spit $500 on like a podcast competition. I'm like, but you already lost because you've been posting for three years and your latest video has 72 views. So like, wh what are you going to do? Like <laughs> you, you already lost bro. But every one of these uh, posts, you know, is somebody from somebody posted telling me my views suck and then I go to their page and it's like them literally getting like manhandled in BJJ or like some shitty freestyle that's just like absolutely atrocious and sort of embarrassing. I wouldn't put it up, you know, again, I wouldn't care. I just wouldn't see it if you didn't comment on my page and I didn't go there. But it's like not a single person who's run a successful YouTube page or has anything going on in their life has come to criticize me. Now, one guy comes and says, um... David Robles, this comedy is as good as Brendan Schott's stand-up, which is apropos because it's just as deserved as Brendan's comedy career. 
people always fixate on Brendan, like that's going to affect me, you know? Oh, is he's touring the country and about to put out a special? Uh, congratulations on making videos that have less views than the attendance at high school graduation. So we're going to notice a theme here. He has these arbitrary standards of like, uh, a high school graduation is the kind, you know, <laughs> if you can get three times as many people at, at a, what high school? You know, we're talking like a 4,000 person high school or like a small town community high school with, uh, you know, maybe 50 people in the graduating class. That's a pretty low number too. So you have this huge range. You got to narrow it down and be specific when you're hating. Otherwise, it doesn't really land. And I said, you're posting this from a public profile where the most recent upload has one view, which is true. And he goes, the one view I made for a school project I got an A on. This is your quote unquote professional life and you're not even filling out a soccer stadium with your views. Another <laughs> random like, oh, so it's a soccer stadium. What kind of soccer stadium? You know, 10,000 people. We talking like an Olympic soccer stadium, you know, in, 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 uh, in England or, you know, Russia or some huge, like it's all over the place as far as like, what, what does that mean? What's the range here? What are we talking about? A few thousand, 20,000, 50,000, um, you know, but that's, that's the standard. <laughs> Once I can fill out a soccer stadium each week, then I've made it. Um, he goes, and then he says, trying to do more roids about it, though. I think he meant to say, try doing more roids about it, though. Maybe I will, you know, because that can actually solve a lot of problems. So I said, oh, he's defensive. In your opinion, what's the most impressive thing you've ever done? He says, I'm defensive. You're replying to some guy with one view. You got in the mud. I don't know, probably something during the eight years in the Navy. So he's actually answering this sincerely, uh, which is great. Two test launches, making E6 in five years, going on the longest deterrent patrol in history, being lead petty officer and leading my division through a flawless nuclear weapons safety inspection, or maybe transferring to USC's creative writing program with a 4.0 while my wife had a baby during the pandemic, or maybe one uh, of the writing awards or Navy awards sitting in my garage, something like that. So here's, I just want to provide this template for like how to, you know, approach people who do that kind of stuff because I'm not saying that nobody's accomplished anything, you know, who, but it's like, obviously none of those are like creative, like views, YouTube, whatever. So he's, you know, coming to say your views aren't enough. He doesn't do that same thing, but I'm not saying he hasn't done anything in his life, you know, that he can personally be proud of. And so I just want to show you how I can go. I can look at all that stuff and go, my response is, here's what I sincerely think about everything you've done. Awesome. Good for you. Because you should be proud of that stuff. If that's meaningful stuff to you and you worked hard doing it, right? As long as you're proud of it, you know, I can tell you that's great. But ultimately, my opinion doesn't mean shit. Then the second part of my response is, let me interpret what you've done in the same way that you're attempting to do to me, right? So let me just take his logic and his framework and his approach and take everything that he was proud of. And this is not how I sincerely think, obviously, but this is what haters try to do to me and, and you and whoever else has received, you know, that kind of energy from a hater. Oh, wow, you professionally followed directions? <laughs> Congrats on being a mindless, non-individual military slave whose greatest attribute is following orders from someone because they're incapable of independent thought. You had a flawless inspection? LOL. You didn't go to war or lead a battle or do anything that had any sort of real impact on anyone's life outside your little military bubble circle jerk? Cool story, bro. Literally millions of people have served in the military, and that's supposed to be an impressive accomplishment? LOL. Oh, you got a 4.0? You're bragging about grades in school? 
I also got a 4.0. It was easy because I'm not brain dead. And creative writing, a school? <laughs> you realize they'll let anyone into those programs because they're totally overpriced and worthless, right? That's an accomplishment. Talk to me when you've written a book that someone's actually paid money to read or a screenplay that was made into a movie that people paid money to see. Oh, and you did it all during the pandemic <laughs> when you had an unprecedented excuse to stay inside as much as you wanted. You probably took Zoom classes and didn't have to commute, right? You realize that makes your accomplishments less impressive, not more impressive, right? Uh, and your wife had a baby. You're bragging about your wife having a baby <laughs> as if it's your accomplishment. All you did was bust inside her. Or maybe someone else did. Who knows what she was up to while you were preparing so hard for that nuclear inspection. LOL. And also, how long did that take you? Years? Pathetic. Why didn't you do it in less than three months? Obviously, 12 weeks is the limit to max out your potential because, you know, I'm sitting here like 11 weeks into my podcast. Um, and if you're anywhere short of your achieving your ultimate goals in those 12 weeks, your progress is laughably pathetic. So you should have just quit around the 10-week mark when it was apparent you were far short of your goals. See what I'm saying, bro? That's you right now. And you are defensive because I pointed out that you're seeking out someone you don't know to criticize their YouTube views while having no YouTube views yourself and you couldn't help but qualify why that's the case. Oh, because it was for an assignment. Right? Did I go, oh, well, it's only been this many episodes and actually I'm not even trying to do it. No, I didn't because I'm not a little bitch. Um, I hope after reading this, you have the maturity to start to grasp just how absurd your behavior is. If you lack that maturity, it indicates something very troubling about the kind of people populating our armed forces. Have a good night, David. Boom. Okay? So just remember... Anybody can interpret anything that anybody does in the least charitable way they can, but what that usually indicates is that you have some sort of weird insecurity up here or a grudge against that person that makes you want to take that person down a peg in an irrational way, right? It doesn't make sense. I don't know this guy, but he's coming after me. None of these good enough for me. Okay, cool, bro. Have a good night. Sleep tight. All right, thank you for making it all the way through another episode, episode 12. They didn't think we could do it. Haters said the views weren't high enough, but turns out that's not what really matters to me. As long as you guys are getting something out of this. If I had a hundred of you who loved what I do here, I'd probably keep going because ultimately my goal is to be sincere and helpful and informative and entertaining to all you. And you make this possible and I love for you for it. And I would like you to like, comment and subscribe and share with all your friends if possible, if you get something out of this podcast. And I feel like I'm also giving something to you because I'm wearing another tank top, right? You liked the tank top last week. There we go, right? Okay, okay, I'll do it. Okay, I'll hit, okay, we'll take it off. Oh my God. You guys are just, you keep pressuring me and I wanted to say that, you know, I, do I just wake up like this? No, I don't just wake up like this, okay? It actually is a lot of hard work and training and just mild anabolic use. It's really nothing crazy or over the top. Will I talk about my doses someday? Sure, but for now, let's just leave it at not very much. I'm basically natty is what I'm saying. Creatine, mostly, okay? That's 95% of my gains. And then maybe a little steroids and HGH on top of that, you know? But it's really nothing at all, okay? What I'm saying is 
It's hard work. I don't have good genetics, okay? I was poor growing up. Uh, nobody was there to teach me how to lift weights. Everything I've done is all me, okay? I'm a self-made buff guy.